you could castrate these guys, but then, you know, what's the point of that? Yeah. You got a castrated dude running around. What's his, what's going to be his contribution? And he still got fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he can still finger these poor children. You know? no. yeah. yeah, he's got a mouth and everything. Yeah. yeah they, can, they can do all kinds of damage. Yeah. Just out of spite. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. This past weekend, gun violence flared up in the Bronx and violent Brooklyn like a stubborn case of genital warts. If warts were sometimes fatal. Three shot dead, 23 wounded, and 21 separate shooting incidents, but two Sunday morning suicides, which should cheer you up. I'm going to welcome our guest, Joe List. Hey. Thanks for being here, Joe. Oh, thanks for having me. Anything suicide, I'm in. Brooklyn, 8 a.m. Sunday morning, a Crown Heights woman found a permanent solution, hanging herself from her fourth floor fire escape where she was left dangling for over an hour. Well, you know, I mean, you can't expect the super to be there Sunday morning, you know, right away like that. Artist Jennifer Lubanco tied a cord on the slotted walkway and then leapt off, snapping her neck and leaving her body to hang in front of the third floor window to entertain her neighbors. She was only 21. Uh, her art was slightly dark. Did you get a chance to look at this? Uh, I didn't, but uh, I came up with a nickname for her. J. Lou. J. Lou. Not bad. <laughs> Wait, how do I not get that? Everybody's laughing and I don't understand. No, J. Lo, and her name's J. Louis, whatever the fuck it is. Oh, Lubanco. Lubanco. Yeah, J. Lou. J. Lou. All right. All right. Well, I'm well, I, thought, up here. Well, I, th- <laughs> I thought I had something to do with the suicide. Oh, no, no. Yeah, all right. Well, her, her, she was slightly dark on her uh, in her art. On her Tumblr, I found a book of illustrations and text. It's called The Toilet. Here's a selection. Hi, I am human, and I live in this toilet bowl of shit-made things and evil people. And all we do is swim in circles all day. Oh, hey, nobody forced you to live in Crown Heights. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes a new piece of shit falls in the toilet, and we all swarm on the shit and shit on it. And then we swim in circles more. I bet I bet this chick was fun at parties. <laughs> That's a pretty good poem. Is that a poem? Yeah, kind of. It's yeah. Yeah, that text. Uh, <laughs> if it's stand-up, it sucks. But if it's a poem, it's pretty good. That's all you have to do is you make it like slam poetry, and uh, then it's okay. You don't have to go. Again, if you hear that, you know, I apologize. If, if you don't hear it, then I'm even more sorry. I. Uh, she says, I'm, I'm, okay, this is from the book, uh, The Toilet. I am a human, and I live in this toilet bowl. The motif is brown. Somewhat scribbly. She's drawn a lot of fecal matter. You know, I gotta hand it to her. A lot of it really does look like shit. (laughs) On one hand, 21 is so young to kill yourself. On the other hand, what took you so long? (laughs) Dave Orloff on the Facebook page says, uh, Doubt the book will increase in value, if that was her intent. I can't imagine uh, that it could possibly go down. This is a whole book like this? this, Well, it's it's a book online. It's on her Tumblr. Oh, I see. I don't know if she printed it. Uh, I, I bet you could get a printed copy. Uh, yeah, if you have you, a printer, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like eight pages, 12 pages, something like that. That's I more of a pamphlet than yeah, a book. It's well, a shit pamphlet. It's, a sh- <laughs> it's all about all about life, sort of reduced down. It's uh, Oh, here we have a quote from a neighbor. You know, when you ever get a quote from a passerby, it's always going to be something, uh, you know, indispensable, something very smart. She says, this is something you, you don't want to wake up to on a Sunday morning. Yeah said passerby 42 year old Violet Acuna well that's that's terrible for you yeah I like to wake up to jazz music on Sunday yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> not uh, shit poetry or hanging. Was not, she talking about the book or the hanging? I think that you don't want to wake up I to. Think, I think it's the hanging. Yeah. Oh, right. the book probably too. That's a, that's more of an after uh, after lunch thing, or know, at least a Monday say. morning. Well, yeah, I think Sunday morning's definitely the best day to find a corpse. You know, it just seems like a good a, a good day to to find one. Yeah, you've already been to church. You don't have a lot in the schedule. Or yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. It's already kind of a kind of a crap day. Yeah. Uh, quote here. I thought it was a fake. I thought it was like a Halloween prank, and then I could see it was a woman hanging. I just screamed. It's Violet Acuna again. Well, that's that's really a swell Halloween prank. You do it in April, <laughs> and uh, that way you really fool everybody. She was very social. Her parents were always around visiting. Said so a neighbor. Uh, added that she looked to be in good spirits as she walked her pet dachshund about 90 minutes before taking her life. Oh, the poor dog. That's where all the shit came from, is yeah, the dog. Probably. The dog is probably shitting up the apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Well, he would have been. Like, I walked, though. That's the thing. Yeah, he's a good dog. Uh, I, why do I know the dog? She uh, seemed like a nice girl. Uh, and some, somewhere far away, a, a lonely bell was ringing, and it echoed through the buildings like the disappearing dreams of yesterday. I said there were two Sunday morning suicides. We had her, and we also had uh, 46-year-old Catherine Weisbard. Uh, she planned well her leap from the George Washington Bridge before jumping. She thoughtfully attached a plastic bag to each of her ankles. One contained her car keys. The other, a goodbye letter with her parents' contact information. She made a clean leap from the North Walk around 7.30 a.m. Another guy jumped off Tuesday, so wow. that was uh, two leaps off the bridge in three days. Wow. Yeah, 46 is more like it. You gave it a good try, you know? Yeah. You gave a nice effort, and uh, it wasn't working out. Yeah. At that point, like, well, it's, you know. But you know what? I'd think of all the crappy art we, we were spared. That's a good point. You know, uh, a veteran Port Authority cop, uh, he saved numerous lives. His name's Jesse Tirano. He's the go-to guy for saving jumpers on the GWB. You wonder mm -hmm. about that. It's an actual job. This guy's been there for 2010. In February, Toronto put his life on the line to save a suicidal man. He had parked his 2011 Toyota Sienna on the lower level of the bridge. They found him yelling into a cell phone. So uh, this is from Toronto. What I did is tell him, relax, relax. All I want to do is talk to you. And he would say, uh, get away, get away. All I want to do is die. And then when the suicidal man looked down at his phone, Toronto caught the back of his jacket, and he and his partner managed to wrestle him to safety. Interesting. Yeah, Toronto's a nine-year veteran, and uh, Post says he saved 12 lives. Wow. Yeah. Now, do they continue to be alive, or do they go back into disparity and depression? Because sometimes it feels like it would be uh, not a nice thing to do to save somebody that wants to kill himself. That's a good point. You know? I mean, are you they running tests to see if they get any happier? Well, sometimes they, they don't need to run a test, you know? Uh, uh, in fact... Uh, <laughs> a, sort of an interesting development in that case. There were, there were two men who, who separately decided at the exact same time that life wasn't worth living, and they killed themselves. They jumped off the popular suicide bridge, G, GWB. Uh, now, literally within seconds of each other, Joe. Wow. The jumpers leapt one from each span, one from the lower, one from the upper. A man rode his bicycle onto the upper level, jumped from the mid-span. Classic. Yeah, that's the way to go. Probably said Geronimo. The other guy... Drove onto the lower level, parked and jumped off closer to the Jersey side. When the cops got there, they found out, you know what it was? A 2011 Toyota Sienna. And that's the same guy. Some would call it determination. It was the same guy that he'd saved a month ago. Wow. Or, or two weeks. Wow. I'd like to get my hands on that Sienna. Make that, yeah. I could use a car. I bet, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's available, I'd say. It's, 2011. Make it, yeah. It's, that's a, probably... Uh, 
I mean, you know, it's a minivan. Yeah. You know, it's a guy that didn't make him happy. <laughs> but uh, I guess we can make that 11 lives saved for Toronto. Right. Or at best, 12 with an asterisk. <laughs> uh, cops uh, rushed to break into a, an apartment in Ridgewood where a man had just shot two women. But as the cops were busting in, the suspect hanged himself. Guess he ran out of bullets. 65-year-old shot a 54-year-old woman and a 35-year-old, too, and both were rushed to the hospital and didn't die. The older woman was in critical condition. Wow. Well, the guy just didn't want to go down, I guess. Yeah, he shot him in the arms, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, one in the Interesting. shoulder. Yeah, in the arm, yeah, you never hear about that. Usually it's a torso shot. But I think it probably just was not very good at shooting. Yeah, that could be also. <laughs> he was so bad, in fact, that he gave it up and decided to go into the hanging business. <laughs> it's like, this is not working out. Well, then, when, then why you kill yourself when your chances of dying in a freak accident are pretty good? Uh, and, and more than any other story today, I think this next one shows how windy the month of March can be. A woman strolling in the West Village was killed when she was hit by a sign. Uh, wow. A four-foot by eight-foot piece of plywood, which blew free of the construction fence or was hanging, it hit 37-year-old Tina Nguyen. I really, I looked up how to spell, how to pronounce that name on YouTube. Nguyen. Nguyen. It's, it's, it's spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N. Nguyen. Wow. And it's like one syllable, but it's like Nguyen. I'm from New England. Nguyen. So... <laughs> So I feel a connection with this lady. While she was walking on West 12th Street near 6th Avenue, uh, she was hit by this thing, and the, the force of the plywood slammed her into a brick wall. She was pronounced dead at Bellevue Hospital. Wow. Nguyen was engaged to be married this summer. God, if I should not get married, give me a sign. <laughs> it's a hell of a splinter. <laughs> How about the people that always give it like this? I walk on that block every day. Could have been me. The asshole that always has to make it about him. Exactly. Twelves yeah. and six. That's where my barber is. My I'm, God, I hate yes. myself. I, I go to the ATM there sometimes, <laughs> right. living my stupid life. I uh, So, oh, this is good. They they decided to bury her in her wedding dress. Really? Yeah. Which I, I guess, I assume they were unable to get their money back. So they figured... <laughs> What the hell? Wear it. Like she's gonna take it to yeah, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> that gonna... thing you only wear it once. But if you wear it for eternity, you know, wow. that's not a bad wear. I get yeah, yeah not, no, not a bad wear at all. Usually, yeah. I mean, she'll she'll definitely still be able to fit into it in twenty years, I guess. Uh, her bridesmaids also appeared in their wedding outfits at this funeral: floor-length yellow gowns and red shoes, attending the funeral in clothes they wouldn't be caught dead in. <laughs> yellow dresses and red shoes. No. Yikes. Yeah, her fiance's groomsmen were uh, then forced to go ahead and rent tuxedos. Well, thanks a shitload. Wow. Tina. Hell, what if you have to like, rent a tuxedo to go to a fucking thing? I wonder if uh, wonder if anybody threw the fucking, uh, what do you call it? The, the bouquet. The bouquet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we had some people wondering about that on the Facebook. I, I, I didn't have a good answer for that. Uh, also... Uh, Let's see, a good chance for most of us that we're just going to die stupid. A man accidentally set his car on fire, nearly burned himself alive while trying to kill bed bugs in the backseat of his rental car. And 44-year-old Scott Kemery of Long Island discovered the bugs. He doused the whole backseat with alcohol after a friend told him it would kill the pests. Once he got it soaked down, he sat in the car and lit a cigarette. <laughs> Slow form of suicide. <laughs> Wow. So we thought moments later, the vehicle was engulfed in flames and had spread to two other vehicles outside the Eastport King Cullen supermarket where he was parked. Wow. He's like Henry Hill. 
Remember that scene? <laughs> yeah. We were like uh, in, the, in The Godfather, you know, and, uh, what's her name? Uh, Apollonia. Apollonia, no! Yeah. Well, kaboom. Wow. How do you get bedbugs in a rental car? Where's he renting from? In Florida. Uh-huh. Somewhere in Florida. That makes sense. He rented it from a place called Bedbug Rental Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Kemery managed to crawl out and was airlifted to a nearby hospital. With only second-degree burns. Oh, that's not bad. I, I, yeah, I would have thought it would be uh, that he'd be charred to a crisp. Second-degree burns, not enjoyable. I've had one. It sucks. Well, I mean, yeah, I've had, I, I think I've burned myself that way many a times. Yeah. Uh, a second-degree burn is... Uh, doesn't feel good, especially if it's got to be over a lot of his body. I mean, the whole car was a go- They had a photo in the paper. It was just for the, this guy. Uh, this guy set his car on fire. How were the bed bugs? They're still there. They made, yeah, they made it. The car still has, <laughs> still still infested. Uh, police were unable to rouse a 67-year-old L train rider at Lorimer Street Station around 2:20 a.m. Guess why? He was dead. He was initially thought to be sleeping. But, uh, you know, he was deceased. A woman was also found lying face up on the E-line. Meanwhile, on the elevated seven near Woodside, a man in his 60s exposed his privates to a 25-year-old woman, then exited at the 61st Street Station. He has gray hair, six feet tall, two balls, goes about 180 pounds. Finally, some good news. Yes. Boy. An NYPD cop who's also an evangelist was arrested on charges that he had a sexual relationship with a church-going 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll make you believe. That's the, that's the sexiest kind of 16-year-old, too. Yeah, a church-going. The, the kind with that, they probably wear a lot of, like, uh, sheer hose and stuff. Yeah, I was picturing knee-high socks with, like, a, a, a church shoe. Like a nice patent leather. Yes. Mm. Young girls are sexy. Uh, those two girls seem fundamentally incompatible to me, though. An evangelist and a, and a cop. Yeah. I mean, you can be a cop and, other, and like, say, a, like a drug dealer or something. You know, but, 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 but an evangelist. A 68-year-old, uh, excuse me, 38-year-old Bronx cop, Vladimir Sosa, allegedly carried on the sordid affair for months. And then the day she turned 17, lost interest in the girl altogether. Well, who can blame him? You know, keep me away from that worn-out 17-year-old pussy. Yeah, there's no song. It's probably the song. Remember the Ringo Starr. You're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine. All right. That's, well, there's a sexy in 17. Oh, okay. Well, stray cats. I didn't mean to... There's a 17 magazine. Well, I'm not much of a detective, as well, you can see. Yeah, I, would, I, I, I didn't mean to ruin the... It would, it would just compromise my integrity as a journalist not to... <laughs> Attorneys for the Evangel Cop say they have evidence that the girl lied about her age, though, and uh, that, that she was legal the whole time. That oh. she alleges that they had sex. And he says he didn't even have sex with her anyway. Wow. But, but not only did I not have sex with her, she was legal. Uh, I don't know how they can determine her age. I think she's from Jamaica or something, and they can't find her birth certificate. Yeah. Uh, uh, suppose, anyway, he met her at, at, as he was running a youth program at Iglesia Metodista Libre El Remanente. It's at, uh, at 180th Street in Tremont in the Bronx. That happens to be my church. Oh, wow. Initially, I thought that uh, that he should be charged twice, really, you know, once for each position of trust that he violated. <laughs> An anonymous friend of the family says that he, he left his teenage victim when she celebrated her 17th birthday. The friend added, the girl's family is very disturbed by all this. They want to know, why'd you quit fucking her? <laughs> well, because she's 17. She's like one of these Little League baseball players. Very ambiguous age. Yes. <laughs> With a mustache. And has a good, solid future in the pros. Maybe that uh, <laughs> came to light, the whole affair did, when the girl's mother found texts on her daughter's cell phone from the 46th precinct cop and news pastor. You don't text the girl. Yeah. 
It's just not done. I think the mother should go to jail for reading their daughter's text. That's right. Interfering. Sticking your nose in. Yeah. You know, uh, this, this guy was arraigned on rape, sex abuse, child endangerment charges for having consensual sex with a girl. This is from the Daily News. I'm not saying it. Uh, who is 22 years younger than he is, at least three times last year. I wonder why they say it that way. The Daily News is strangely pro-criminal, if you ever noticed. No. It's very pro-criminal. Wow. <laughs> Good for them. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they, they call it consensual sex. But it's, it's, you know, I, I guess she's not old enough to consent, but it's, you know, he didn't force her is what they mean. Hmm. And 22 years younger than he is. It's like they mentioned the age difference. Like, well, you know some age differences, too. Right, right. You know. Uh, the sordid affair was revealed, as I said, when she found the incriminating text. I wonder what those said. What do they text? What do you text to a 16-year-old girl? So I gotta, don't talk to me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, leave me alone. It's been a long time since I've talked to a 16-year-old girl. I have a niece that's nine, mm-hmm. so seven years from now, I imagine I'll chat with a 16-year-old girl. That's sick, Joe. But not a minute before then. No. <laughs> I'm a good person, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, well, here's a here's a quote from his neighbor, so get ready to read something kind of dumb. Maria Torres, uh, or to hear something kind of dumb, 42, she was stunned to hear about Sosa's arrest. It really is crazy because he lives so close. Oh, wow. <laughs> he lives close to somebody. This is the person you said, like, makes it about them. This is the person I would see every day that my kids saw every day. Every morning he would say, God bless your daughters. They're beautiful. Oh, wow. I bet you, I bet I never said that. That sounds like she made that up. Well, how could someone who, you know, yeah. Who talks like that? Who said, yeah, every morning, God bless your daughter. He complimented your daughters every morning on their looks. Yeah. It's funny how uh, saying God bless makes it okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not like, man, I think your daughters are looking good. Yeah. God bless them. For being sexy. You throw a God blessing, people assume you're a good person. Yeah. How could someone who mentions God possibly have sex with an underage girl? Exactly. Well, they can. If a guy is a cop and an evangelist, he's going to do something wrong. The teen and the mom were too upset to speak uh, uh, to, you know, family friends said, I guess, to the police and stuff right now. Right now, the victim is in a very bad state. I've heard him preach, said Ismaldo Sosa, who is not related to the cop. He cares about the souls of people being saved. Hey, he also cares about the pussies of teenagers being fucked. <laughs> By the way, I think New York is a great state. New York is a great state. Yeah. Because uh, of, of the 17 being the age of consent. Oh, no, he said she was in a bad state. It was oh. a real bad pun. <laughs> I apologize to everybody listening. The age is 17. Well, he says, based on what I know, I would say the allegations are not true. I don't think he would do that, but everybody's tempted. That's what he said. Oh, wow. That's Every, kind of incriminating on his own. That's what right. I thought. I'm Every, not tempted to have sex with a 17-year-old. I'm not in the slightest bit, but you know what? In Violist, Brooklyn, two 13-year-old girls nearly turned into 13-year-old whores. Oh, wow. By a pimp. You know, and I don't like to use hurtful language, words that hurt, words of hate, because I believe it would compromise my integrity as a journalist. But, but you know what? If the faux fur pimp coat and matching hat fit, you must wear it. This pimp... Is unscrupulous. I'm not familiar with that word. Uns- no scruples. Ah, uh-huh, that makes sense. Dishonest. I see. Runs a bad business. Mm-hmm. 25-year-old Marcus Sumter. He's known on the streets as Malo. He met the two girls as they returned from a party. He talked them into coming back to his apartment in Bedlam Crivescent, where they had sex. Ooh. Convinced of the girls' ability to earn after having sex with them, he hired them the very next day as hookers. Didn't check their ID. Wow. Clearly, you know, 
I, uh, can, can, I mean, can, can you see how irresponsible that is? Now you're going to have a guy, uh, you know, who, whether he knows it or not, he's, he's, he's going to, he's going to buy a date. And, and, and next thing you know, uh, he, he doesn't know these women are underage. Right. He assumes they've been checked and vetted by the, by a responsible pimp. And next thing you know, <laughs> Lawrence Taylor isn't your favorite football player anymore. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like 13, you don't need an ID. I feel like I'd be able to say a 13-year-old is underage. Don't you think? I, you know what? They don't make them the way they did, though. Right. They That's look ridiculous now. Some, I mean, there's not a picture of these girls in here, but I mean, like, this guy had sex with both of them. Well, there should be a picture of them. There should be. Yeah. Because it, it said they took a picture, scantily clad. They did, scantily clad. They didn't, they didn't run those photos. No. They failed to put them up on Craigslist. They could at least put them up in the Daily News. Yeah. This is to make a profile. Jasmine Goldstein took pictures of them. I guess she's like a, uh, you know, what you'd call a, uh, a thirteen-year-old whore photographer. Uh, so uh, you know, now whether he knows it or not, uh, he's well, you know, it's 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 bad. It's bad all around. These two thirteen-year-old girls were saved by an unlikely hero, an uncle, an uncle. Oh wow, an uncle saving. A girl from sex abuse. Yeah, usually it's the, uh, the what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, how that pertains, but... Usually uh, an uncle is the guy, a creepy uncle's gonna, you know, he's in there getting it. Right. He likes it. and uh, He was concerned with where his little girl was, apparently. And, uh, well, the girl's phone was in the hands of one of the suspects uh, because uh, he texted one of the girls to see where she was, was worried about her. And then the response came back to the uncle, I guess probably not from one of the girls, but from one of the suspects, want a date? Uh, the uncle responded, yes. And we assume it's because he was trying to save the girl, not because he was actually wanting a date with his niece. Well, this is some topsy-turvy stuff out there. It's a lot of weird things happen, Yeah, particularly in Brooklyn. He came to the apartment, and he paid. He had to pay for the date. Wow. Took the girl home. And then he pays for the date, and then he sees that it's his daughter or his, his niece? His niece. Well, I, I see. I assume he... See, the way they tell the story... <laughs> That he pays. I mean, he's already texting his niece, so he knows it's his niece. Right. He comes there to pay. He takes her, and I think he's 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 in, in not just buying a date, but he's buying her freedom. Right. This is just like taxi driver. Unbeknownst to the pimp. Yeah. Instead of shooting a place up, he just paid and left. With yeah. Her. And says, "All right, I'll be back." And then doesn't come back. <laughs> she willingly went. Wow. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. And uh, they this... took the other one, the other girl. They moved her to a, uh, a another apartment in the same brownstone. Mm. With two accomplices, they kept her in the bathroom. And the family showed up and they rescued her. So Malo Sumter, the the pimp, he's charged with kidnapping, rape, and promoting prostitution is being held without bail. Faces twenty five years on the top charge. Yeah, that seems like a shouldn't it be twenty eight if that was fourteen for rape? Seems like he's getting off a couple of years. Oh well, I mean uh, the top charge there it would be probably uh, kidnapping. Oh really? That's higher than rape. I think it is. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, it was the first thing they mentioned. Wow. So I guess since it's the first one, it must be the top charge. Well, either way, I hope he goes away for a long time. We don't need people like that in the city. <laughs> Boy, you're not kidding. Well, in the most uh, beautiful neighborhood on planet Earth, Astoria, Queens, a homeless woman was sentenced to 17 years to life indoors. <laughs> 33-year-old Kelly Harnett strangled a man to death with a shoelace. Wow. Yes. In this neighborhood. Yes. Welcome to murder on a budget. Wow. Not everybody can afford a fancy murder. Wow. She did it on a shoestring. <laughs> 32-year-old Astoria resident, Ruben Angel Vargas. He had no idea when he tied his shoes 
that his own murder weapon was on his... You get the idea. Uh, beaten, choked in Astoria Park. Disastrous uh, for Reuben Angel Vargas. But you know what was a real disaster, Joe? The General Slocum disaster. This was in 1904. It's a historical event so disastrous, it has disaster in the title. Yes. June 15th, 1904, a steamboat, the General Slocum, caught fire in the East River with approximately 1,300 people on board. And within 20 minutes, over 1,000 people died, 1,021 people. Wow. But fortunately, many of them were just children. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's better. When, I, people, yeah. people make it sound worse, but it's really better. Yeah, they're not contributing much to society. They haven't had to live a lot. No. They've never had sex, they, most it, of them. They, and if they had, then they've been raped. Yeah, they're not happy. So life is not good either. Yeah, they you know, they haven't dwelt on their own death. They probably never thought about it. Mm-hmm. So, so like if, when it started to happen, they weren't like, oh, there's no dread, you know. And they, they don't have any conception of what they're missing. Uh, they uh, it takes less to kill a kid. Yeah, and as the fire is approaching, they have no idea of the severity of the situation. Probably no, that's it. They could be like, oh, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> probably a tranquil last thought. You know, and then like some of them just jumped off into the water and tried to swim for it. Yeah, and then just drowned. You know, so they die. Uh, but they don't, uh, and they don't feel any personal responsibility for what's happening either. While adults are thinking, what am I even doing on steamboats? Right, right. This was such a dumb idea. The kids are just like, ah, yeah. But, uh, you know, and related to that, when children die, they, they, you know what they don't leave? Children. When adults die, you got a bunch of orphans. Yes. And it's point. just, oh, no, it's going to take care of the general Slocum orphans. And then orphans become criminals. <laughs> it, it's actually, you know, much better if the kids just get killed. Yeah. They don't have any jobs. Mm-hmm. When a kid dies, like you said, you know, there's, there's nothing not getting done. So just from a social point of view, like, say you need to pick up your dry cleaning. It's not going to be like, hey, wait, 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 my suit's not ready. I got a big event. <laughs> Oh, the kid dry cleaner died in a fire. So I'm trying to think of other examples. So, you, you know, but like the only thing that came to mind was a dry cleaner. So if, when your kid dies in disasters, it's better just for the dry cleaning. Mm-hmm. Or if you had a root canal coming up, you show up and your dentist is dead. Would you rather your dentist be dead or that his child is dead? Yeah, his child's dead. Who gives a hoot? Yeah, you know, I get my surgery just selfishly. But the General Slocum disaster was the deadliest disaster at that time. And if you'd like to hear the full story about the General Slocum disaster, Sunday, June 7th, 1 p.m., there's a walking tour. Oh, wow. I'm sure you'll be joining me. Well, you probably think, well, why would I give up any part of a beautiful June day just to go to Queens and hear about a deadly steamboat disaster? Uh, You will also learn on this tour the outcomes it had for the future of boating safety. Wow. So I assume you're in. The event's organized by Urban Park Wranglers. Cost is free. Contact number 718-352-1769. There's also a, uh, not to take away from your plug, there's also a plaque underneath the Hell's Gate Bridge that tells you all about it. Or you can go to the plaque. You can check out that button. <laughs> Maybe at the plaque, the Hell's Gate Bridge. Now, wait, the Hell's Gate Bridge, which one is that? That's the one with the train bridge just north of the Triborough Bridge, which is now the RFK Bridge. Of the Triborough bear, uh, Bridge, it, which and it's which there's one that's not very attractive. It's kind of like a green kind of color. Oh, or that that might be in the Bronx or something. Maybe that's the Bronx. Okay, so you're talking about right over there at Astoria Park. Yeah, there's the big RFK Bridge, formerly the Triborough, and then right next to that is the Hell's Gate Bridge. So if you want to see that plaque, the Hell's Gate Bridge, yeah, just right north there. of the Triborough, yeah. uh, you can you can read about it there or meet up for the walking tour. If you're lame. In that same location, Kelly Harnett 
this is right there and back to a story park she kicked angel vargas repeatedly in the head the body remember this guy wow killed in the park and along with her boyfriend thomas donovan strangled him with a shoelace from his own sneaker together they robbed him of his wallet left him to die it's a disturbing story particularly to certain women we're talking about a woman who's a vicious thug here she's violent she's even homeless and she's got a boyfriend that's amazing yeah they even go out and do things together wow i spent a lot of time in that park too no no more though hey man you know if you do go just wear loafers yeah i'm gonna wear some velcro snakes which i have plenty of well she pled guilty uh, to manslaughter she's serving a 15-year sentence or he uh, rather he did and uh, she's serving a sentence now 17 years this willful act of violence warranted a lengthy prison term richard brown said in a statement Hmm. joe Last week, we spoke to the bail bond queen, Michelle Eskenazi. She's quite a guest. She had just come from her perp walk with a Long Island cardiologist. Wow. This guy uh, was, it was $2 million of, of, of bonds. You know, it was an extreme crime. He was accused of selling weapons and drugs to finance his attempt to kill a rival doctor. 55-year-old Dr. Anthony J. Moschetto pleaded not guilty to conspiracy and dozens of other charges, including arson and burglary, related to attacks on his former partner-turned-competitor, Dr. Martin Handler. Police say it was a professional dispute which led him to attack his former partner, but a professional dispute that for Moschetto had apparently turned very personal. He's accused of trying to burn down Handler's practice, a doctor who wanted all the cardiology business. Hmm. That's how bad he wants to care for patients. Walk free after posting a $2 million bond through Empire Bonds, bail bonds, and he's seeking patients now. He's seeing patients. He's out on wow. bail for all this. Yeah. Hey, you know, someone has an appointment to see him tomorrow. <laughs> they better not cancel. He must be doing well, though, if he had $2 million. Well, I mean, through bail bonds, I think you have to pay a tenth. So a couple hundred thousand he had sitting around for sure. Oh, wow. They also offered him a, a million dollars bail, which I guess is not the same deal. So oh. Works weird. Yeah, I don't know how it works. I'm going to go ahead and stay out of trouble. Well, she, yeah, it's best. He, he, this guy allegedly said he would pay 5000 to have the man beaten, his competitor handler. Wow. 20000 to have him killed. Sounds like a lot, but out of pocket, it's like $150 copay. He should. <laughs> Thugs are on his network. He, he should be fine. Probably. If only he could have hired that homeless woman. She would have had a place to live, and he could have two birds, one stone. You know Christ, I mean? you know, it's it's funny that you can't introduce these criminals uh, at a time that's a, that, that's appropriate to help them. You know, but right. the, this guy's dealing with an upper echelon of, of thug, I'm sure. Yeah. Although they didn't do a very good job of burning the practice down. The, the, the sprinkler system took care of it. Oh, wow. And they were caught on video. But he was, he was caught. They could have got the bed bug guy. Can you? <laughs> we could inter- interconnect all these criminals. A great arson. <clears throat> yeah, uh, arsonist. He would have been the accidental arsonist. Uh, how'd you like to have five grand sitting around? Just to have somebody beaten up, though. That'd be fun. I'd love it. I'd love to have somebody beaten up for five grand. I don't really have a lot of uh, beefs with anyone, but I might just have someone beat up just randomly. Well, yeah. How about <laughs> yeah, that guy? Like at him. You know what I mean? I, I mean, you got you got surely got a beef with it. You got somebody that you want to see beaten up. I guess, yeah, probably somebody. I mean, you know, I don't want to like uh, dig into your, but I mean, so. maybe my girlfriend. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just have her roughed up. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, yeah, it's, everybody did something. It's, he got caught when he paid an undercover cop five hundred dollars and three blank prescription pads to have him uh, either beaten up badly or killed. Uh, which uh, blank prescription pads? What would be your medication of choice? Well, those are worth a lot these days with the uh, the kids on the drugs, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Xanax would be fun. Vicodin. When I was mm-hmm. in my drinking days, I would love some beers and a Vicodin. It was really the tops. It's a Vicodin, like a like a Quaalude. It's a painkiller. Yeah. So I'd have like three or four beers and a for you kids that are uh, drinking and drugging, get yourselves a few beers and a Vicodin or two and uh, really enjoy the day. You heard it from Joe List yeah. and uh, Crime Report. Uh, it's his. It's our. It's all of our opinions. We agree. Everybody do drugs and take some Vicodin. Yeah, chew up that Vicodin too. I think it. Cause it to release a little quicker or something like that? Chew it up and you don't need to snort it or something like that. Some people snort things. Yeah, I'm sure that would do well. I never was a snorter, though. It seemed like a lot. It seems like a lot of trouble to go to to crush something up to snort it. Yeah, just eat it and drink a couple beers and put your feet up. I don't even like a BC powder, you know. Yeah, I've never snorted put, anything in my life. No, put your, put your feet up. What? what, what uh, maybe it? a booger. A bo- <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'd say the guy's hopped up on boogers. Yeah. <laughs> if you crush them up and snort them, a... Uh, he wanted the attack to happen while he was out of town, it says. He was going to be out of town in May. Cause I, and I think it's probably because when your enemy gets beaten up, it's just so much sweeter if you come back into town with a tan. <laughs> <laughs> He's caught on video giving an undercover cop, like I said, the $500, the three. And he also sold heroin, too, Wow. to, to do this, to finance this. You'd think it just, you could fix enough hearts yeah. to finance this hurting somebody. But I guess the dirty money, you got to account for it. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to if, if like you, that's what you got to do if you if you make dirty money you got to spend it in a dirty way right or else you just have to like fucking it goes back to the fucking inter- university or something yeah uh the investigators found a cache of weapons dozens of knives hundreds of guns a hundred guns a hand grenade this is all he, he has like a secret james bond room in his house yeah which is accessed through a motorized bookcase really people live this way if you have money you can buy anything the hand grenade is the most in- impressive part of all of this wouldn't it be great to have a hand grenade? It'd be fun. I feel like I'd accidentally set it off, though. So. Well, yeah. It's, you got to be careful. You got to keep it out of the hands of children and idiots, mm-hmm. comedians. People <laughs> like, hey, look at this. <laughs> his lawyer. By the way, his lawyer is kind of cross-eyed, which would bug me. Yeah, that's off-putting. Randy Zellin, or Zelen, he said his client is, he's concerned about his patients. He wants to return to work. So that's, he's very concerned if he got a bad heart and he, uh, he he couldn't return to work until authorities returned his patient's health records they were seized in a raid so explain that like, I know you got an appointment but <laughs> I wow. see funniest thing uh, all my records were seized in a raid <laughs> hmm. two other men are in custody both accused on multiple charges including arson and burglary you got time to hang around for one more crime here I do yeah convicted serial rapist Rodney Stover oh I know this guy he's the only suspect and the rape of a 23-year-old woman in the bathroom of a Kipps Bay bar. You like Kipps Bay? Where's Kipps Bay? Is that Brooklyn? No, it's Manhattan. Oh, yeah, Kipps Bay, east side. Yeah, Murray yeah, yeah. Hill area. 42-year-old, uh, 48-year-old ex-con, 48, he was jailed in 1992 for a rape in Southampton while on parole for another rape Wow. in Pennsylvania. He was convicted of rape, sodomy, aggravated sexual abuse, burglary, and assault. He'd, and he had just, when he did this, crime allegedly did this crime he had just completed a 20-year sentence upstate for rape wow seems like these rapists they shouldn't be able to get out so easy 20 years he did i know but still i mean 25 i mean whatever <laughs> whatever five Sacks more years on. yeah and he would have been okay yeah i think so he would have been rehabilitated it's that last five years i think man, it's might as well like uh throw this guy in the garbage yeah, he was released on february 14th which, Valentine's uh, Day. At least, yeah. At least he didn't rape anybody on Valentine's Day. No. Imagine but... getting raped on Valentine's Day. Oh, boy. By, I... a, guy, by a guy named Stover. <laughs> <laughs> I get raped on Valentine's Day every year when I buy flowers. 
<laughs> jack these prices up, folks. It's a, they really do. Yeah, they 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 kick it up. It's a and and you know I got maybe a woman with you have a woman you're gonna be alone on Valentine's Day. Insult to injury. Mm. He was apprehended when he was recognized by the eagle-eyed operator of the bar. And the guy works at the bar. He owns the bar where the rape took place. When he saw a stover, he called the cops and then stealthily followed the rapist to make sure he didn't lose sight of him. Now, wow. here's here's the question. How much do you tip for that? <laughs> <laughs> That's good service. That is great service. He faces uh, the stover guy. Rape, predatory sexual assault, criminal sex, sex act, and assault charges being held without bail. Now, at his arraignment... He, he looked one of his attorneys in the eye moments before pleading not guilty to the restroom rape of the woman inside the bar on 27th Street. Uh, so he was repeatedly denied parole. He was up for parole. He was a potential recidivist. I guess it's, a, it's like being a rapist. These are recidivists. Terrifying story. My girlfriend lives in this city, for God's sake. Yeah, I know. Boy. Yeah. Never going to let her leave the house again. Nah, she's got to stay. Don't, don't go to bars. Don't take a leak. Yeah. So it happened. She went. She went down to the bar uh, to the bathroom. It was one of those that you go downstairs, and it's like it's all by itself. That's mm-hmm. very common. Yeah. Went into the bar, went to the bathroom, and she's in the stall. When she went in the stall, guess who's there? Stover. Uh, they his own family. When he was in jail, they tried to keep him from getting let out. Yeah. When he was in prison, they said uh, they, they they commit him to an institution. You know, do anything other than release him based on letters which he wrote to this sister in law seemed to indicate that he would almost certainly rape someone as soon as he was released. Wow. Dear sis, can't wait to get out and <laughs> rape somebody. Now, uh, this is from December 2013. He said, I've prayed and nothing happened, so I think I got, I think God hates me as well. Maybe I should start asking the devil for help. What do I have to lose? Wow. In January 2014, there's a part of me that wants to stay here in prison, and I can't understand what it is. I'm kind of scared that once I do get out, I won't be able to live around people who will know who I am. He was concerned about having to tell everybody he's a sex offender. April 2nd, 2014. I really don't know what's wrong with me or who I am anymore. I've become not to care about what happens in my life anymore or who I hurt. It's really wild how much I, how much hate I have in my heart towards everyone. I think it's because everyone lied to me so much it became so bitter. I didn't care about nothing or nobody or how everyone thought of me or, or what they think of me. And I, I can't seem to get this hate out of my heart for people. Well, I don't, I don't think you want to hear my problems, and I'm going to leave you alone for good. So good luck. Take care, Rodney. They let that guy go. They let him go. Wow. Well, I mean, his sentence was up. He, he did his time. He paid his debt to society. Yeah, I guess so. Due to rape. Interviewed by the Post while in Rikers now, he's being held without bail, as I said, in Rikers. He says that uh, he was at the Bellevue Men's Center at the time of the rape. He denies it. And he adds, if hey, if I would have been there, I would have killed the guy. Well, well, I would have pulled him off, he says. Wow. Which, uh, by the way, do you know about the Bellevue Men's Center? No, I don't know. Well, the Post reported this. It houses 60 level two and three sex offenders. Wow. Those are the worst kind. 60 rapists, pedophiles, sexual deviants of every description, under one roof, right over near Kipps Bay. Wow. 30th and 1st. Interesting. Yeah, it's way over there. They got a whole rape gang over there like 51 year old william cook who pretended to be a devoted babysitter but sodomized and raped multiple children jesus including Christ. a seven-year-old boy and a girl with cerebral palsy oh wow yeah i mean I, I, that's not not a devoted babysitter no it's a uh 
That's just, he's unscrupulous. I'll say it again. Unscrupulous. Yeah. Uh, Barry Green, 70, served 10 years after inventing a fake summer camp to lure boys. At least it's a long con. You know what I mean? Less of a jump out of the bushes type. Yeah. He invented a whole camp. Boy, this is hor- horrifying stuff. The shelter is only 650 feet from a private academy serving learning disabled children. Physically, I don't even know how you rape a child. It seems like it would be difficult to penetrate, no? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like there'd be a lot of just tearing and horrific. Yes. Maybe they like it. I I don't think they mind if it tears. Yeah, I guess they're into that. I think their philosophy is, if it feels good to me, you know, fuck this child. Right. Yeah, I guess so. But they should really try out an adult female. Takes for a spin, boys. It's a it's a world of pleasure unlike you've ever experienced. Or you know, an adult, you know, period, really. Or adult man, yeah, just, get an adult man. Yeah, that's, that's go, yeah, just work into something that's that's uh, that's grown. Yeah, anything adult and uh, consensual. That well, see, that, I think that's what ruins it. Yeah, if you're listening, a thousand feet from a Montessori school, this place is NYPD's sex offender monitoring unit is tracking these guys. And uh, okay, so at one point during the post interview with Stover, he actually said, "I'm not a bad-looking guy. I can get girls." Wow, pretty confident for a guy who's been in prison for over 20 years. I'm sure he's got his rap down. Yeah, <laughs> what are you in for? I'm out of I'm out of conversation. He's probably got a nice bod. Those prison guys usually have good bodies. Uh, he doesn't. He looks like just us. Oh, I got a nice bod. Well, you got a nice bod. Thank you. Probably a rapist. No, You're don't pro- say that. That's it. I, that's it. <laughs> I'm not a rapist, everybody. With nice bonds or rapists. I'm a good guy. Uh, well, this is what uh, Rodney Stover's appearance said to Randy, Randy Katzen, fan of the New York City Crime Report, says on the Facebook page, he's, and if you want to just uh, a description of what the guy looks like, it, it, it's like somebody sandblasted Harry Dean Stanton, <laughs> which I thought was... But it's also... Uh, it's, and it's a good description, too. I mean, the guy looks very similar... It's reported that uh, during this interview, he took off his glasses, cocked his head, raised his eyebrows, and he said, that's my Cary Grant. Like wow. an impression. That's oh, his impressions. Dated that's reference. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of guys uh, doing their Cary Grant. Yeah. Uh, a Sammy Davis Jr. Something. <laughs> give me give me somebody. Yeah, Brad Pitt's the standard for good looking now, I guess. I mean, like Cary Grant was like two guys back. I think, yeah. Oh, I just meant for impressions. Sammy Davis is always a fun one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that. Who can make the sunrise? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) He's got it nailed. Yeah. Uh, The eye, too, if you can do the wandering eye. Yeah. The dead eye. Well, Stover then confided then. He was sexually abused by his mother and that he had sexually abused his sister. So I guess it all works out. Yeah, it's a trickle-down effect. These sexual abusers, you either become very anti-sexual abuse or you become a sexual abuser, it seems. Yeah. In my readings. And uh, sometimes it, it really helps you develop your Cary Grant impression. Right. That's just, you never know which way it's going to go. That's key. Well, hey, Joe, uh, you have a podcast as well. I do. Yeah, it's called Tuesdays with Stories. Yeah. And it's available on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, we don't usually touch on rape too much, but maybe we'll get involved. Well, you know, I mean, this is episode 187, which is really the murder code. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, I did know that. Yeah. 187 with an undercover cop. And I don't think we have a single murder on the on the show today. No, a lot of suicides, which I'm pro pro suicide. If you're pro if you want out, get out. You know, we got too many people. Yeah, I'm very anti-rape though. It seems very uh, unpleasant to uh, the victim, mm-hmm. 
And uh, boy, they really got to put these people away for longer. I think it should be a life sentence. Murder is a life sentence. Rape should be a life sentence. Well, yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, I don't see why not. And plus, especially with children, you know, these people who rape kids. Well, there's, you know, again, I, 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 whether or not it's better or worse to be raped as a kid, I don't know. Because, I mean, you're not dead. Then it's like completely different from dying in an accident. Yeah. They, they, that's fun. Yeah, we can all agree. <laughs> which, first of all, that was a hundred years ago. A hundred years ago, everything's funny. Nothing. Yeah, come no, on. There is no too soon yeah. factor. Yeah. But when they rape kids, they're, they're always going to go back to it. They can't get out of it. They can't stop. Yeah. And you could castrate these guys, but then you know what's the point of that? Yeah. You got a castrated dude running around. What's his? What's going to be his contribution? And he still got fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he can still finger these poor children. <laughs> you know. The idea. Was, yeah, he's got a mouth and everything. Yeah. yeah they can do, they can do all kinds of damage. Yeah. Just out of spite. You don't get any pleasure out of it anymore. You got no genitals, but just fucking... Right, right. Just to be mean. Well, uh, Joe, uh, Tuesday's Stories is uh, over at Stand Up Labs. Stand Up Labs, yeah. Tuesday's with Stories on iTunes or SoundCloud, and it, uh, you can hear it. Uh, and we got to get you on sometime. All right. I'd love to do the show. Yeah, we'd love to have Cause you. Because a lot of times, fun things will happen. and But, you know, that's what you guys do is you tell stories that happened over the weekend. Yeah, that kind of thing. We do a lot of digressing into uh, older stories or uh, trying to figure out what the proper word is to use in situations. We're not smart guys. It's not risk. It's not that type of uh, story. Where you no, actually, like, no, no. It's silly. It's dramatic uh, or anything. Yeah, I fucked a girl and then uh, she threw up and then I ran out and... I got a bad haircut, and then I did a show, and I killed, and that kind of stuff. Wait, see, I think that story we covered here, though. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I can see some crossover. It was some kind of a Venn diagram. Is that you ever heard that term? I've heard that term, but I don't know much about it. I don't. I don't really know that I that I used the right word or used it correctly. Right, it's crossover. I have uh, glasses, but I'm not a bright person. Well, nobody's listening right now, anyway. Oh, okay. We've uh, we've come to the point in the show where people shut it off. I see. They intuitively know when to do that, and it's when. Uh, Usually I ask whatever to find the other person. They Once that's done, they're done. Right. But I appreciate uh, I appreciate you being on. And, uh, you know, like, people should definitely check out Tuesdays with Stories and, and, uh, and other stuff uh, that, uh, that you, you, you appear around the city all the time. Comedy Cellar, people can see there. Yeah. And uh, occasionally at uh, Desperation Tonight, my show at Caroline's. Now, the next show is May 4th, and that may be the last show. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that show. It's uh, things are up in the air. May fourth. Also, if you were gonna come to see uh, my show at the Stand, which is called Last Tuesday, uh, well, there's been a change, and, and this month it's on the first Tuesday. It's it's first Tuesday of of uh, May instead of last Tuesday in April. Just got word, so uh, it's gonna be the first and last Tuesday of May. Go to my website for all my dates, patdixonnyc.com, and. You know, go to the Facebook page and do that one, too. We appreciate that. And, you know, we got that feature with Jim now on Patreon called uh, Free Consultation. We occasionally throw one of those uh, new ones up. Uh, so, so Joe, uh, again, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having Hope me. to see you again soon. Yeah. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over?